turn with me now to the book of Lamentations. Lamentations in our sermon text this morning will be from Lamentations chapter 3 and verse 27. And we will read together verses 25 through 27. The reason for this, as you may know, is that the book of Lamentations is an acrostic a poem where where there are sections of verses, each beginning with the letters of the Hebrew alphabet in sequential order, and they get larger and larger and more intensified. And in the Hebrew text, verses 25 through 27 of chapter 3 encompass one such section. And so that will be what we read, but we will be considering particularly by the grace of the Lord and the work of His Holy Spirit, verse 27, as our sermon text. But let us turn now to the reading of God's Word, Lamentations three twenty-five through 27. Hear the Word of God. The Lord is good unto them that wait for Him, to the soul that seeketh Him. It is good that a man should both hope And quietly wait for the salvation of the Lord. It is good for a man that he bear the yoke in his youth. May God bless the preaching of his word. Let us briefly call upon him once again uh, for his blessing upon the preaching. Lord God, we pray that the Holy Spirit might attend the preaching of the word of God. That truly we would see the goodness of of this doctrine, command, and promise, and that we, by the Holy Spirit at work, through the preaching of the word, by Christ calling out to his people, that we may take hold of this by faith, as we would take hold of Christ by faith. We pray that you be glorified in all things through Jesus Christ. Amen. Again, our sermon text is verse 27. It is good for a man that he bear the yoke, in his youth. This very much follows upon the heels of the, the morning sermon. And Christ upholds all things. And as Christ is the upholder and sustainer of all things, it is good that you should labor because he has given you such work to do. And so we should seek to understand this text And we'll seek to do so in four particular ways. We must first understand the text. We must have an exposition, a teaching, an explanation of the passage. And then secondly, we'll draw a number of doctrines from this text. Thirdly, we need to answer some objections to this text. And fourthly, finally, we'll draw some applications. But first, we need to understand this passage. Let us remember what the Apostle says about the law. The law is holy, just, and good. And as we would come to this passage, we must see here the holiness, the justness, and the goodness of the law of God. The gospel is good, and so is the law. In verse 26, we have there the gospel. It is good that a man should hope and quietly wait for the salvation of the Lord. The law is, or the gospel is good. It's a good thing, but the law is good. It is good for a man that he should bear the yoke in his youth. 
We have here in this verse three things. We have a principle, a precept, and a promise. We have a principle. We have a doctrine. This is a truth. This verse is a part of the grammar of wisdom in the school of discipleship under Christ. This is a part of the grammar textbook of wisdom. It is good that a man should bear the yoke in his youth. It is a precept. There is a command here. Knowing that we are to do good, we are to bear the yoke in our youth. And there is a promise. This passage is enumerated among those blessed and sweet words which are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises that by these ye might be the partakers of the divine nature having escaped corruption in the world through lust. This is a promise. It is good that you should bear the yoke. What is the yoke? Well, we may understand the yoke to be the law of God. We may understand the yoke to be afflictions in this life. Namely, we should understand yoke to mean anything that God has set for us to do in his labors. This passage can be applied to our vocations general as Christians and our vocations particular in that station and work that God has given you to do, whatever it may be. And by youth, bearing the yoke in his youth, we may understand the beginnings of life, boys and girls. This is a passage for you, young men, young women. This is a verse for you. But we also may understand the beginnings of new stages in life. When God has given to you a new labor, whether it's to be newly married, whether it is to have a, a new child, whether it is to have a, uh, a new work to do, some new task. There you are in the youth of that thing. We may also understand this to be the beginnings of faith. The man who bears the youth of, to be a child of Christ. It is therefore a good thing that we should learn sanctification, we should learn suffering, and we should learn service early on, rather than delaying these things until later. It is good that you learn these things now. And to whom then is this promise Given. Well, this promise is given to the church. We can consider this is a promise given not just to individual Christians, we'll consider in a moment, but it's also broadly given to the church, to, to those who are being written to in, in the book of Lamentations. It's given to the church of that day. For this church, the southern tribe of Judah, in the adolescence of bearing the yoke of their heavenly father's discipline, was to persevere until they should be released back to their land. So it says in verse 25, The Lord is good to them for those who wait for him, to the soul that seeketh them. This is given to the church of that dispensation, that administration of the covenant of grace. Because the old covenant church was the church in infancy, in the history of redemption. They were under the yoke and the tutelage of the law, whose ceremonies find their substance and fulfillment in Christ. So that we who are, uh, so that we in this time are released from the ceremonies of the law. And so they're commanded, it's good that a man should hope and quietly wait for the salvation of the Lord, like Simeon, who is waiting for the consolation of Israel. 
It's given to the church corporately, but it's also given to all Christians. So that all who are united to Christ may know this with certainty. It is good for a man to bear the yoke in his youth. Let us call good what God calls good. And this is something we all need to be reminded of. This is nothing new to us. But we must be reminded it was the Apostle Paul who said that for me to write the same things to you, for me it is not grievous and for you it is safe. It is easy to become complacent. It is easy to become lazy. It is easy to become entitled. It is easy to lose perspective. The word of God is to correct us. It is good to bear the yoke in your youth. And to you who are not in your youth, pay close attention. For it is good also, as we shall see, it is good for you also to bear the yoke. We need to then understand, having an exposition of the text uh, text laid before us, let us understand doctrines from the text. Why should we meditate upon Scripture? That's what we're doing. We're meditating upon the Scriptures together. Remember that there are three things that remain, faith, hope, and charity. In the Scripture, there are three things that abide. Doctrine, which is like faith. Promises, which are like hope. And commands, which are like charity. If If you love me, keep my commandments. The child whom Christ welcomes and beckons to him accepts these at their basic level. And as the Christian matures, he builds upon the foundation of this faith, upon the foundation of this antecedent, total and inscrutable submission to the word of God with a faith seeking understanding. The feast is not just eaten, it's savored. This is the word of God. It's not just to be eaten, it's to be savored. In the case of this promise, it is good for a man that he bear the yoke in his youth. Meditating on this passage means investigating through prayer, self-examination, and reflection. Why is this a good thing? Not because we're like Satan, did God really say? But it is, God has said, let me believe and then understand. We always carry in our minds the presupposition that the written word of God is true, just as we would bear in our bodies the marks of the incarnate word. Indeed, the benefits of meditating upon God's promise should be obvious to us, but just to give you seven, the benefits of meditating on God's word and his promises is so that you would know better the kindness of God, that you would better understand the will of God, that you would be more spurred on to obedience, that you should enjoy all the more the blessings of God through the afflictions of life, that you should more deeply tremble at the threatenings of God if we should spurn His law and His gospel, that you should be able to better explain to others the joys of salvation, and that you should look with all more joy to the glory which awaits to the one united with Christ. And therefore... It is good that a man should bear the yoke in his youth. Why is this so? What are reasons for the goodness of bearing the yoke in his youth? Just to give you several here. First, 
The youth has all the more strength and endurance in his body, and therefore is more able to bear the yoke in his youth than in old age. The Apostle John says, I have written unto you, young men, because ye are strong. The word of God abideth in you, and ye have overcome the wicked one. Second, one youth, one's youth is the time in which his will is being developed and strengthened, which only occurs through the yoke of testing and affliction. Remember that it was for the sake of each generation in Israel after they entered the land, the Lord left nations to prove Israel. Even as a man of Israel had not known the wars of Canaan, so that the children of Israel might know war, to teach them to war. God has given these trials in the youth of one's life and faith so that they would be tested and strengthened and that their will would be forged through the fires of affliction, through the yoke of discipline, through the word of God. Third, it is easier to learn in the tenderness of one's youth. And so it is good to bear the yoke in your youth. Remember that our Savior grew before the Father as a tender plant. You know, we teach our children the catechism from the very moment that they can speak. We teach them the Psalms from the moment that they're in the womb and, and out of the womb. Why? So that because those are the years, those tender years, that is good to put the yoke of Christ upon them, to teach them these things, to learn the tenderness Fourth, it is good because a man may become more skilled in the yoke he is given if he is trained from his youth. Remember that Timothy was mighty in the dividing of the word of truth. He was mighty in being an example of godliness. Why? Because he knew the word from his childhood. The word which was able to make him wise unto salvation. Fifth, it is good to bear the yoke in the youth because by doing so you become more accustomed to the presence of a yoke. This prepares you then for the many trials of this life. Your life will be filled with many sufferings. Your life will be filled with many troubles. It is good that you should bear the yoke in your youth because... It is good that you should know your life will be filled with this yoke. Remember Saul in the infancy of his faith when he is converted. The Lord speaks of him to Ananias. He says, I will show him how great things he must suffer for my name's sake. The apostle Paul learned the yoke in his youth. The youth of his, the youth of his faith. Six, such a person who bears the yoke in his youth is made fit by the hand of providence for a greater yoke in the flower of his age, having had a lesser yoke in his youth. David spake this way to Saul. Saul says, you can't fight Goliath. You're but a youth. He was a warrior from his youth. David says, thy servant kept his father's sheep and there came a lion and a bear. And took a lamb out of the flock. And I went out after him and smote him and delivered him out of his mouth. And when he arose against me, I caught him by his beard and smote him and slew him. Thy servant slew both the lion and the bear. And this uncircumcised Philistine shall be as one of them. Seeing he hath defied the armies of the living God. 
David bore the yoke in his youth so that he would be made fit for a greater yoke. Seventh, an early yoke leads to a greater probability of relief later on. So things are more likely to get better or at least seem better when trouble comes at first. Think of the the church in her infant years after Pentecost. And you see this in the book, the unfolding of the seals of Revelation. The first six seals of Revelation, the church endures the afflictions of pagan Rome until the seventh seal when it says there is silence in heaven about the space of half an hour and the church begins to experience some rest under Constantine in the slow beginnings of Christendom. It is for that reason it is good that a man should bear the yoke in his youth. The Lord may grant some relief later on. Eighth, simply, we were made to labor. And so it's good to bear the yoke at any time. Work is an ordinance founded by God in creation in the time of man's innocency and continues beyond the fall. The Lord God took the man, put him in the Garden of Eden to dress it and to keep it. It's good to bear the yoke at any time. Ninth, the one who bears the yoke in his youth will ordinarily receive the blessing of having all that more time to labor. It's good to work in your youth because you've got ordinarily that much more time to work. In our Lord's parable in Matthew 20, remember, it is a blessing to be counted among those of whom Christ went out early in the morning to hire laborers in his vineyard. Children, know what a blessing it is to know this Christ who calls you into his covenant, like in your baptism, and he calls out to you, this Christ who says to you, suffer little children, forbid them not to come to me, for as such is the kingdom of heaven. Boys and girls, would you not know this Jesus, this Lamb of God, this shepherd of the flock, who would gather into his arms his lambs, Because he is the shepherd who laid down his life for the sheep. Young men and young women, would you not know the blessing of serving God from your adolescence? This is not a slight. It's not a shame. It's not a scandal from which you hide from your friends like a light under the bushel. But to serve Christ from your youth is to, it is joy and peace unspeakable. It is a precious gift scorned now by many who will recall their shame with horror before Christ on the day of judgment for their breaking of God's covenant. It is good to bear the yoke in your youth because you will have all that much more time to to labor for Christ. Tenth, it is good to bear the yoke in your youth because your days may be short. And so it is better to have labored in one's youth than never at all. So it was with godly King Josiah, though he only lived to be, 40, or to, uh, to be 39, yet he began to reign when he was eight years old. And in the eighth year of his reign, while he was yet young, he began to seek after the God of David his father. And in the twelfth year, he began to purge Judah and Jerusalem from the high places and the groves and the carved images and the molten images. This godly King Josiah who died in the prime of his years and how Judah wept and mourned over the death of this bonny prince of Judah. None would have dared to say, as they laid him in his tomb, 
He shouldn't have begun his labors so young. He should have taken more time to be a kid. Why? Because it is good that a man bear the yoke in his youth. Eleventh, it is good to bear the yoke in your youth because youth, having a station designed by God, are given a corresponding vocation by God. Youth have a, have a yoke commensurate to their stature. The Apostle John writes in his letter, first letter, to children, to young men, and to fathers alike who are distinguished by particular fruits according to their season. Children of the church, you have a job to love the Lord your God, to know the love of God in Jesus Christ. Young people, you have a job in the church to fight against sin and to overcome sin, the flesh, the world, and the devil through the gospel of Christ. To learn to become fathers and mothers of Israel who have known God for years, who have seen His faithfulness and can bear witness to these things. And so it is good to bear the yoke in your youth. Twelve, it is good to bear the yoke in your youth because early labors teach early on the value of rest. Early yokes teach early on the value of rest. The church under age in the Old Covenant began their week with work and learned the worth of rest on the Sabbath day in the Old Covenant, the seventh day. Why? So that now we may enjoy as the church in her maturity, the rest which begins our week on the Christian Sabbath, the Lord's Day. You're to teach your children the value of diligence and work so that they may learn to call early on in their lives the Sabbath day a delight. The day on which they put aside these common and wearisome things of the world to delight in the true and living God and to rest in Christ, their Savior. Thirteenth, as one is able to fix the plow's crooked row at the first, rather than the work is almost done, so it is better to bear the yoke in one's youth, that he may be corrected away from a wrong course and goaded into a right course early on. It is true that a shot may miss a target far away because it is eventually shifted by the wind sometime down the road, but a shot will certainly miss a target if it is fired in the wrong direction. A course can be adjusted early with little recourse, but it is much harder to adjust the further out you go. The yoke of discipline set upon a child early on ordinarily yields a greater harvest than when it has been delayed into later years. And so it is better to bear the yoke in the youth. Fourteenth, the, yoke, uh, the youth is able to get up more easily when they fall under the weight of the yoke. Think of the yoke and the yoke of Christ and the, and the law of liberty, the perfect law of liberty. Will we not fall and fail often in these early years? Whatever it is, in your marriage, you recall back to the early days of your marriage. And you just 
fell and faltered all over the place and not communicating well, husbands not leading well, wives not submitting well. And it was, it was troublesome, but that was good to learn that early on. And you're able to get past that early on. So it is. It is good when we learn the yoke of Christ early, that we would learn early that sweet promise of the Lord, that the bruised reed he shall not break, the smoking flax he shall not quench. He shall bring forth judgment unto truth. The law entered that the offense might abound. Wherever sin abounded, grace did much more abound. It is good that we learn these things early. Fifteenth, these early failures under the yoke of our youth provide for later wisdom. Repentant Solomon, after being under the weight and bondage of vanity, professes finally wisdom. Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep his commandments. This is the whole duty of man. Sixteenth, the youth still has time to learn from the old which is most natural. The very heart of Proverbs may be summarized in chapter 3, verse 1. My son, forget not my law. Let thine heart keep my commandments. Learn, dear Christian, learn, particularly in your early years, whatever it may be, your early in, in marriage or, or parenting or, or just the faith, the Christian faith altogether. Go to a seasoned saint and say, I need to learn from you. Young people, do not get so caught up in being around friends your own age. Go and speak with grandmothers and grandfathers in the faith. And say, I need wisdom. I need to be rooted and grounded in love or I will be tossed to and fro. Learn from those whom God has actually put in your life. Seventeenth, even the young who have bore the yoke can after some time teach others to do the same. So not only is it natural that you're learning from those who are older because you're younger, but it's also good because eventually the Lord will use that to ordinarily have you teach others a generation later. David, the psalmist, will sing this passage uh, at the conclusion of of the service. I have been young and now I'm old, yet I have not seen the righteous forsaken nor a seed begging bread. Eighteenth, early employment deters idleness which is the source of many sins. Throughout the history of the Old Testament, the pattern is clear. Israel learned to cry out to the Lord in their distress under the yoke of their affliction and God's chastening, but quickly went into idolatry in their prosperity as soon as their bonds were loosened. It is good to learn the yoke in your youth because it deters you from idleness. Even our sinless Redeemer said in his youth, I must be about my father's business. He did that in his youth. Bear the yoke in your youth. Be about your father's business in your youth, lest you be idle and fall into sin. Early employment 19th. Early employment deters self-centeredness which is the fruit of idleness. When the lake loses its current, it becomes a putrid pond. So too, when the Christian forsakes the constant motion of his duties, he becomes lukewarm. And how many young Christians show signs of early onset stagnation? 
It is a truth that an unmoving man will be tossed about by the slightest puffs of the fads and whims of this world. But the ever moving man will be immovable and steadfast through the greatest gales of life. 20th, early employment encourages discipline and focus. Paul tells younger Timothy, exercise thyself to godliness. Train yourself for godliness. Everyone in our land will readily confess that children lack focus and attention as they used to. But why? It is because they are not taught to bear the yoke in their youth, to be disciplined from their earliest years. This is true in the visible church. Children are often removed from the worship of God. A loving mother would never deny her church milk. Why should the church, the mother of believers, deny her children the milk of the word of God? Boys and girls, you are to be students in Christ's school. You are to learn to focus in worship now, to learn to listen to sermons now, to pray now, to sing psalms now, to confess your sins now, that you should not have to learn this yoke later when it is far more difficult. 21. As a yoke joins one to another, and companionship is better than solitude, it is better than to bear the yoke in your youth. So we shall see in a moment who is the companion we are united to in this yoke of Christ. It is Christ himself. Two are better than one because they have a good reward for their labor. 22. As others join in the yoke of the service of Christ from their youth, this means that there are more laborers and more work is being done. And that's a good thing. What a gracious answer to this prayer would be if, Christ, as Christ told us, the harvest is plenteous. Laborers are few. Therefore, pray that the Lord of the harvest will send forth laborers into his harvest. Would we not pray that God would call men from their youth to become bold ministers of the gospel and missionaries to foreign lands where Christ is not yet named? That God might call forth men who with courage take up the yoke, rejected, abandoned, and unattended by so many? and proclaim the gospel and the crown rights of Christ, that God would not raise up men from this congregation to bear the yoke in their youth. Twenty-three, more laborers joined, uh, more laborers provides opportunity for mutual improvement. More laborers who are yoked together from their youth allows them to grow in sanctification together like iron sharpening iron. Those of you who grew up in Christian homes might recall friends that you had in your adolescence whom you would study the Bible with and pray together and how you grew in those early and tender years and your, your zeal and your, your fervency for the Lord. This is what the Lord does when you bear the yoke in your youth. He sharpens you. He, he strengthens you. 24th, more laborers provides opportunities for others to build on later. The Apostle Paul gives this illustration that according to the grace of God, which is given to me as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation and another builds thereon. We are not to build beside the foundation. You build upon the foundation. 
You build upon what has come before you. But there must be something there to build on. And for this, we need labor from our youth. We need to be building upon a foundation. We would desire that Christians would not just have a foundation and then die, but that they would bear their yoke from the youth so that they would continue to build on something. We would desire that the church, corporate, would be able to build on something. And then lastly, 25th, lastly, an early yoke will yield, or an early yoke will teach you to give God glory at your death. An early yoke will teach you to give glory to God at your death. This is something we need to instill into young Christians, to young children, to young believers. Think about how you want to finish the race and start in that way. What a yoke was placed upon Joseph from his youth. Scorned by jealous brothers, sold into slavery, wrongfully accused, thrown into prison, forgotten by those whom he helped. But what was the fruit of that yoke? As for you, ye thought evil against me, but God meant it to good. Simeon. Simeon was just and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel. And he beheld the Messiah and he said, Lord, now let us thy servant depart in peace. Mine eyes have seen thy salvation. Righteous Anna was enrolled in the yoke of sanctification, suffering, and service from her youth because there she was. She was of a great age. Anna was there a great age, but what had she lived with? She lived with a husband for seven years from her virginity, and she was a widow of fourscore and four years. She departed not from the temple, but served God with fastings and prayers night and day. This was a woman who bore yoke of affliction in her youth. And she coming in that instant gave thanks to the Lord and spake of him to all that looked for the redemption in Jerusalem. There, through that early yoke, she was taught to give glory to God in her death. O saint, you will not regret on your deathbed bearing the yoke of Christ in your youth. But what pangs of conscience and what pangs of hell will be upon the one who only sought a life of ease. Surely he has received his reward in this life, while the righteous shall have his best things last and lastingly. Therefore, it is good, for these 25 reasons, it is good that a man should bear the yoke in his youth. But we need to answer some objections to this. The first of which is this. Well, surely I don't need to worry about this now. The young person, the young Christian says, I don't need to worry about this yet. The young parent says, I've got all this time to figure out how to raise my children in the Lord. The young family says, I don't need to learn how to, uh, to do uh, family worship well and early. We'll figure it out as we go. You start a job and you don't say, I need to figure, I can figure out how to do my job well later. May the Lord forbid such impudence and insolence in our hearts. God has said that it is good to bear the yoke in our youth. Do we think that our youth should last forever or even a moment longer? To scorn this command is to call good evil 
And that is an abomination before the Lord. And so having heard the command of God, we are compelled to render our wholehearted obedience. Dear friend, do not neglect the one who cries to you from heaven. It is good for a man to bear the yoke in his youth. For the master beckons you. Deny thyself. Take up thy cross. And come after Christ. The second objection is this. But I'm no longer in the youth of my age. And I have forsaken this commandment to my shame. That may be true, but you may find that you are a youth in the faith. Your child in the faith. And even if that's not a case, there may be some aspect in your life in which you are a young, in a young, uh, maturity in a particular season. A new family, a new job, a new church, whatever it may be, take these words to heart and apply them. In order to be a tree that bears good fruit, you must first have been a seed planted by the Holy Spirit and watered by the living waters of Christ's gospel. You may follow up and say, thirdly, I am no longer the youth of anything, and yet I have forgotten this command to my shame. Friend, the tender mercies of the Lord are new every morning. Redeem the time that you have left. You may not be a youth. Redeem the time you do have left. Make good profit of it. Repent from sloth and complacency and know the sweet forgiveness and blessings of God. He even has promised that He will restore to you the years that the locusts have eaten. We cannot make up for what we have done, but God can make good of all. And fourth, you may say in response to this, I'm seeking to be faithful. I'm trying to be faithful in my youth, but I am worn down. I am weary from the yoke of my affliction. I am wearied from the failures of my sins. Precious child of God, who has despised the day of small things? Surely God has not. He did not despise the day of small things when the church was brought out of exile and the rubble was there of the temple. God chastens out of love and we shall behold one day with understanding the magnitude of his grace and therefore do not be weary in well-doing for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. Bear the yoke in your youth Renew your covenant with God as he shall renew your strength. Isaiah 40, 30 through 31 says that even youths shall faint and be weary and the young men shall utterly fall. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. God is merciful and gracious to his people. And so what must we do? It is good to bear the yoke in his youth. What what must we do? What are applications to draw from this? Firstly, we must examine ourselves. Take these things and pray to God. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me. 
Know my thoughts. See if there be any wicked way and lead me in the way everlasting. Where is it you have fallen short? Have you grown slack in your prayers? Have you grown cold in your love? Have you grown lazy in family duties? Have you become entitled in your pride? Where you find evidence of God's grace abound more and more. The Spirit bears witness in our conscience that we have despised the yoke of Christ. We have flitted away our youth. We have cooled in our remembrance of the warmth of God's promises. We must repent of our idleness and the things of God. Even the idleness to delay our repentance and bear the yoke of God's chastening. Let us be stirred up afresh by the scriptures to this blessed truth that we may love the Lord our God with our whole heart, soul, mind, and strength. Redeem the time. Today is the day of salvation. Today is the day of applying these truths. Today is the day of sanctification. And as all things in Scripture, secondly, and all things in Scriptures, we're directed to look to Jesus Christ. This blessed Jesus. Here is the one. Here is the beloved of God who bore a yoke on our behalf, who drank a cup we cannot drink. He has suffered the weight of the scourging of sinful man. He has endured the weight of a crown of thorns. He has carried the yoke of his cross. Where there he shed his blood for the sins of his people. He has borne the sins, the burden of our sins. As the wrath of the Father beat upon him. He bore the yoke not only in his youth, but all of the days of his life. Until there he cried out, it is finished. The law was fulfilled. Our sins atoned. He died there upon that cross, was buried, and on the third day He rose from the grave victorious over sin, death, and hell itself. And to this Christ calls unto you this day, Come unto Me, all ye that weary and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take My yoke upon you and learn of Me. For I am meek and lowly in heart. And ye shall find rest unto your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Here is a true yoke, one we are blessed to be given, the forgiveness of sins, life everlasting. Why is this yoke easy? Why is this burden so light? It is because the companion of our yoke is Christ himself. Through faith, through the resting upon the Lord Jesus and the receiving of His righteousness as our our very own, we are united to Him in this yoke. He is our head, our redeemer, our friend, our savior, our heavenly husband, our rock, our refuge, our strength. Look to Christ this day. Be refreshed by this living water. Come unto Christ and drink without price. This is the yoke Christ would have you to take up. This is the yoke that is good to bear even from one's youth. And as you would walk in the Lord in this life, dear saint, continue to meditate upon this promise. It is good for a man that he bear the yoke in his youth. In the hour of temptation, let this convince you to obedience. 
In the moment of doubt, let this convince you to endure. In the weariness of your soul, let it be your daily bread, your daily strength. God has said, dear saint, that this is a good thing and it is impossible for God to lie. And finally, have before you the comfort of everlasting life. It is in this perspective. It is in the perspective of the fact that for all of eternity, those who are united to Christ shall see the King in His beauty and behold the land very far off. It is in that perspective that you see that this is a promise for every child of God. For when compared with eternity, it is even as if the most aged saint is still in his youth. Revelation 14.13 assures us, Blessed are the dead which die in the Lord from henceforth. Yea, saith the Spirit, that they may rest from their labors, and their works do follow them. It is good for a man that he bear the yoke in his youth, because one day, dear saint, you shall put down that yoke and rest forevermore from your labors where there is the throne of God and of the Lamb. May the Lord make this Sabbath and indeed every single Lord's Day a foretaste of this rest. May God strengthen us to endure this good yoke that has been given to us, that He should be glorified here on earth as it is in heaven. And may God bless his word to us as we would desire to glorify God and give our account at the last day. Let's stand together for prayer.